I'm resolved that God's able. That's what I'm resolved. God's able. Because that really has to do with our, our text for today out of the end of Romans. Um, and, and honestly, what a glorious way that Paul has ended his letter. Remember, it's a letter. 16 chapters. It's a letter. Um, and, and how, how poor, how much poorer we'd be without it. Uh, God determined that, that we should have this letter. And you think about when you get to the very end there, it talks about Phoebe, that woman that was mentioned two Sundays ago. Phoebe was the one that delivered that letter. Trying to get this thing a little bit further away from my face, Brother JT, because I happened to listen to part of the message from last week that I preached, and I could hear myself every time I breathed. And I was like, that's annoying. So maybe maybe I need to go back to the one that we had when it was just right here. Um, well, this we'll, we'll see what the Lord has for us for next week. Um, I, I, would, I would venture to say that this is the last message out of um, Romans. But I told you that I would like to put together a review. And if I'm able to, and I saw that that you left for me, brother, that was good. Um, but you know I wouldn't be that short, you know, in my review. Um, but that was a good outline that, that you handed to me last week. Yeah, if you remember, yeah. Um, but um, th- there's, there's so much. And, and all of you weren't here from the beginning. I mean, it's been a five-year journey. And I didn't stop and ask you exactly what you meant by what you said last week, Brother Bruce, about going into Psalms. We may be there the rest of our lives, and I'm assuming that it was perhaps because of the age of some of the folks here, or was that because you felt like that I was going to be there a really long time? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Well. Yeah. That would. That would only be about three years. Yeah. That only be about three years. But if we did that, but we're not going to, because like you said, the longer ones like Psalm 119 has many verses, and those are broken up like in, in couplets of eight. Um, and so there would be several messages out of Psalm 119. Um, that's, that's what the Lord's laid on my heart for now. Now, I do know there are those, like some of you may know the name Alistair Begg. Are you all familiar with? So Brother Alistair was determined. It felt like that that's what they were supposed to do. And I've been looking around because I like to listen, you know, to what I'm preaching on throughout the week. And I think he made it through like Psalm 36. Um, and everything else from there is just spotted, you know, um, that he's preached on the Psalms in different places. But, but um, anyhow, they, as, as far as that goes, you think about the book of Romans. So some of you that have been here from Romans chapter 1 this time, 
This is the first time that we've made it all the way through Romans because we started it at one point on uh, Wednesday nights and we didn't make it all the way through uh, then. So, you know, here we are, you know, now we've gone completely, you know, through the book of Romans. And there have been those talking about me listening to people, you know, that that uh, along the way as I'm thinking about this next section of Scripture in the book of Romans that I'm preaching to you. Martin Lloyd-Jones preached on it on Friday nights, but he didn't make it all the way through, you know. And so at one point, you know, he left me. Um, and I was so much enjoying, you know, listening to what he had to say. But um, um, there's there's been another brother who stayed with me the entire time. Some of you know him. And that's Brother Charles Leiter. Um, I know not everybody knows that name, but but I, I sent him a message the other day. I said, Brother, I said Martin Lloyd-Jones left me here, but you know, you're going to be with me all the way to the to the end of the study. Of course, I think he preached on on this back in 2005. But but um, anyway, no, no guarantee I'm going to finish, especially if I keep talking in in this way. But but what what I was going to say. In, in, in reference to what Brother Bruce had mentioned, um, you know, this, you know, we've, we've lost two during this study. Sister Louise and Brother Wiseman, you know, so we've, two saints have gone on to be with the Lord during our study in the book of Romans. Um, and and I, I know this, it wouldn't matter, you know, which book we went into next in all of our lives. There's going to be things that we're all going to go through. Who knows? What, what tomorrow may hold among us, God knows. God knows. And God's able to strengthen, to establish, to settle you, to give you peace. Um, there's, there's going to be, I'm, I'm confident that there's going to be days you know, forthcoming that we're in the book of Psalms, unless the Lord comes and takes us all home, um, which is fine, right? Is there anything you're looking forward to that you would say, well, don't come before this? No, not at all, right? I mean, Lydia's birthday was yesterday. She's like, great, now Dad's mentioned it. Um, but, um, you know, she wouldn't have, it wouldn't have bothered her a bit if the Lord came before she got a chance to open up her birthday presents. You know, wouldn't bother her a bit. Um, wouldn't bother us. I mean, how much better off would we be, you know, if, if, if the Lord were to take us home, you know, now? But... But um, we're, we're the, talking about darkness, brother, we're the light. You know, there's darkness all around us. We're the light. While we're still here, we're called to be the salt and be the light in this world. Um, you know, I, I, when I think about salt, I always think about, you know, way back when, you had, had smoke, you know, uh, you know, houses, brother JT, and, and uh, you know, they'd salt the, the meat, and, and uh, I don't... Any, anybody here, here never had salt pork? Huh? You ever had salt pork, Brother JT? I mean, Brother Jerry? I know Brother JT has. He, I heard him make a noise when I said it. Uh, that's good stuff. And Sister Carolyn's thinking, that's way too much salt for your body. You don't, nobody needs that much salt. You ever had that before, Brother Donnie? You had salt pork? That's good stuff. You need to get you some salt pork going. That's good stuff. All right, well, we, we, need to, we need to learn some of those things. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, we're to be salt and light, right? We're to be salt and light. Salt's a preservative, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so. 
Well, let me get my my Bible here. I try to I try to move it out of your way, brother. You know, but if it's ever still sitting there, I have oh, been here so long by myself. I sometimes I forget and I leave it up there. But uh, let's stand and we'll read from. Romans 16. But what I was going to say, I don't know if I finished that thought. I'm, I'm confident there's some things that are coming that the psalm that we're in at that time is going to be something that is going to be exactly what you need to hear at that moment. All right? So, um, Lord, uh, continue to, to lead us in, 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 in our thoughts in that regard as, as, uh, as we prepare to launch into that study. Um, I, I do like to go from a New Testament book to an Old Testament book and from an Old Testament book to a New Testament book. Um, what, we, what we were going to be in, and I even bought the books that I wanted to read you know, for the study. But what I thought the Lord was going to lead us to was Jonah. You know, um, and, I, and I, when I walk in my study, those books are right there, Brother Jerry, Jonah. And I'm like, no. And the Lord's the Lord's led us to Psalms, you know. So, um, but if you if you have your Bible, Romans chapter number sixteen is where our text will be found. Um, if you don't have one with you, there should be one there. Should be a pew Bible. Um, some of us have so many we leave our Bibles here, and we have a Bible at home, have a Bible here. But but uh, Romans chapter sixteen will begin reading in verse number twenty one. Romans 16, verse 21. Timotheus, my fellow, or work fellow, or work, fellow worker, and Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsmen, salute you. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. Gaius, mine host. You think about Aquila and Priscilla, how that Paul stayed with them. Well, it seems like this fellow Gaius, I mean, he must have been a host to a, either the, the, the body as it met together or uh, Paul was living, you know, there staying, you know, uh, with him or the saints would be able to stop there along the way. Um, but but uh, Gaius, mine host and of the whole church. So a host of the whole church, right? Gaius, my host and host of the whole church, saluteth you. Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, saluteth you. And Cordus, a brother, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. What does that mean? Amen. Hmm? Yeah, so be it. Yeah. Um, Lord, Lord, be with us all, even unto the end, right? Verse 25, now to him, it was what I'm saying. Listen to this. This is what a glorious way to end this letter. Now to him that is of power. That'd be one thing if he, if he, if he wasn't of power, but he is of power. Now to him who is of power, brother, brother JT talked about Lord being merciful, that blood being sprinkled on the mercy seat, right? Um, now to him that is of power to establish you. That's an older English word for establish. We we say establish, establish you according to my gospel. Oh, is the gospel of Christ, right? The Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is the gospel, Brother J.T. said to us last week, didn't he? Right? So according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandments of the everlasting God, made known 
to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise. You want to talk about wisdom and the fountain from which it flows. What, what man has been able to accomplish? I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty enormous accomplishment to think about going to space, right? You know, that was, that was something, you know, back in, the, what was that, 60 what? 69. I figured you'd know, brother. 69. I was a year old. Okay. <clears throat> you know, I was a year old at that time. And um, it made an impression upon me. I mean, it was, it was, such, it was such a thing. But this wisdom... You know, every good and perfect gift cometh down from, from above, from the Father of lights. You know, so the wisdom that man has to do the things that he's done. Now, he's corrupted most of everything he's done, you know, things that God's given him. But, but uh, the wisdom comes from God. And, and we understand that the spiritual understanding, the things that Paul's talking about here, these things that were kept secret, he says, made manifest, um, <clears throat> that these things have been made known unto us by what? Hmm? It's been made known to us how? The natural man doesn't perceive or discern these things, does he? Yeah, it comes from God, doesn't it? Yeah, God gives this understanding. So made known unto all nations. Because there's going to be, in, in, in heaven, there's going to be every, what? Tribe, every tongue, every kindred, every nation, right? Yeah, there's going to be people from all, all over. Uh, this world that God has chosen, that God has adopted, that God's called to be a people. Um, so, made known to all the, the nations for the obedience of faith, to God only wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. And again, he says, amen. Amen. So be it. So in the end, the thing that Brother JT was talking to us about, God gets all the glory. That's what he's saying here. I mean, for Sister Carolyn's salvation, for my Aunt Anita's salvation, for the salvation of everyone here, God gets all the glory. Not one of us are going to be in heaven and say, I did it, I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps, and I, and I made it all the way here. Um, you know, not, not a single one of us. I mean, that, that's pharisaical, isn't it? Pharisees were of that sort of a, a mind. You know, it was by their works that they established their own, you know, righteousness. But our righteousness is of Jesus Christ, and all the glory belongs unto him uh, for, for any understanding, um, for, for all of our salvation, um, for, us, for us. You know, what if, I've said this before, but what if you had to make it the rest of the way on your own? Can you imagine? I got you this far. You're going to have to make it the rest of the way on your own, you know. Um, no, it's, uh, it's all by his grace. So, well, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer and uh, ask the Lord to be with us. And as we may finish this morning with Romans or we may, we're coming to an end of it. Um, but let's ask the Lord to be with us and speak unto us. So, Father, as we, we, we bow in your, your presence, I think about <clears throat> um, Brother Bob Jennings and uh, message I was listening to him preach this morning, and and as as he began, as he prayed, he he said this in a positive light. He said, "Lord, what have you done?" And we think, Father, all that you've done, all the uh, all that you've done for us in Christ, all that you've given unto us in Christ, all the salvation that is ours in Christ. Lord, what have you done? 
Uh, how glorious it is. How wonderful it is. Uh, what a blessing, Father, it is to to know such things, to have such a peace, to have such understanding, Father, to to know you. Um, you know, that's that's the blessed man that knows you, that understands, has understanding from you. Uh, so, Father, we thank you this morning, and we give praise unto you and give you all the glory for it. And we ask that you would continue with us this morning, speaking to us from your word. We love you and thank you for all that you are for us, all that you've given unto us in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I guess I'm a little congested this morning. I, I tried out Cohen's new toy yesterday. And no longer has point one hours on it. <laughs> eight eight hours or point eight hours? Yeah, no, I made it to like point eight. Yeah, <laughs> point eight. Yeah, I didn't stay on it that long. That would have been a long day, <laughs> for sure. Um, so Paul starts after those the, the, the people that he he mentions that are with him. You know, he sends his greeting to those that are there at Rome, and then here where we are now. You know, that was in the beginning of the chapter. And we are now, you know, he's sending greetings from those who are with him, right? And he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. You know, I, th- I thought about, when I thought about that, and it was close to where y- y'all's conversation this morning back there, but you know, I thought about Exodus thirty-three fourteen when when um, you know, Moses said, you know, if, if you're not with us, don't carry us up from here. And I know I mentioned that recently, but let me read it to you. Exodus thirty-three fourteen. God said, My presence shall go with thee. I mean, that's what Paul's saying. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, right? My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. What kind of rest would we have, you know, if we didn't have that rest? I mean, we'd be like the troubled sea, wouldn't we? That's what that's what the scripture says about the the unrighteous man. He's 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 like the troubled sea and casting up dirt and mire, you know. So, but here my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, Moses said unto God, said, If if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. You know. So that's equivalent in my mind when I think about. What's, what's being said there by Paul when he says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Be with you. Um, so I, I haven't addressed this since my younger brother and, and uh, his bride and, and my little niece there. You know, I haven't said anything about this, but if, if Epi makes noise, don't worry about it, Mom and Dad, because... If I can't speak over her, you know, then with the, with this, you know, then then we've got a problem. But but don't feel like if she's making noise, you got to get up and and go out. I don't want you to feel that way. I've been in churches, Teresa, and I've been in churches where before services ever started, we sat in the back because we knew we had little kids, and not that you need to sit in the back, um, but we sat in the back because we had little kids who who were going to need to be taken outside, Rebecca. Um, <clears throat> and people didn't, but people didn't know that. And so as they walked by, they would say, they'd, they'd tap Teresa on the shoulder or me or, or say, you know, we have a nursery. 
And once we were like, okay, that's great. I'm glad to know you have a nursery. But the 15th time that somebody passed by and said the same thing, you begin to think, do they not want kids to be in the congregation? I was raised in the pew. You know, that's, I sat right beside. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, let them. Yes, let them sit there and listen. Yeah. Right. Be reverent, right? Yeah. I mean, I was I was raised there in the pew, and and uh, you know I I watched my parents worship. That was important. I watched my parents worship. I watched my parents give glory unto the Lord. I watched my parents sing praises unto him i watched my mom and i gave lydia a book yesterday where you had actually made some notes in it um and i know that that probably meant something more to you than just a book that didn't have anything in it but the you know what the writer had written there was actually some notes that you had in there you know um <clears throat> but um you know i watched my mom take notes i watched them take heed and not just there but you know in the household too um, you know, that, that was something that was a constant, you know, with us. But if you don't go with me, take us not up from this place. Isaiah 41, verses 9 and 10 says this, Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee, and not cast thee away, fear thou not. Now, I'm still on the same, the same point. The Lord Jesus Christ be with you, right? So here in verse number 10 of Isaiah 41, fear thou not, I am with thee. Now, you're going to recognize these words in the hymn, right? I am with thee, be not dismayed. Now, I'll, I'll say what it says in the hymn. For I am thy God, and I will still give thee aid. I will strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand, upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. Right? But here in the text, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now, this all fits not just with that part that we read there in verse number 20, uh, not verse number 20, I'm sorry, verse 24, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, but it also fits with what we read in verse 25, now to him that is of power to establish you. In other words, now to him that is able. Now to him that is able to establish you. Now him that is able to to strengthen you. Now, him that is able to keep you. Keep you, right? So, he's able. All these things that Paul's been preaching, all these things that Paul's been saying unto these saints here at Rome, God's able to establish you in these things. God's able to strengthen you in these things. God's able to... It, it wasn't just... It, it, I would feel sorry for every one of you if you're dependent upon me. Right? I don't know that I'd be able to stand here and preach if you were dependent upon me. 
But the Lord giving understanding, the Lord giving wisdom, the Lord strengthening, the Lord establishing, uh, the Lord's able to take these things. You can hear them, but the Lord alone is able to apply them to your life. The Lord only is able to make you stand in these things. Let me just say this. The Lord only is able to make these things make any difference in your life or be of any importance to you whatsoever. Because I could say these things and you could just in one ear and out the other. They don't make any difference. Okay, yeah, that's in this archaic book. Um, you know, that's something that was, that's written and you think something about that, but I don't really think anything, you know, much about it. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an okay book as far as that goes, but there's some weird things, you know, in it. And I just don't believe the things that you believe. What's going to make that difference? God is. But JT talked about faith. Where's it come from? It's a gift of God. Um, the Lord called us unto himself. Uh, I've said to you before, you wouldn't want to know me if the Lord hadn't called me unto himself. I could be the, the most wicked, vile person that you've ever known apart from the grace of God. Uh, can we not say that apart from the grace of God? There go I when we see these people and the things that they do. I mean, the corruption of sin, the nature of sin, apart from the power of God, we could be completely and wholly given over to it. And those people that you read about in the news you know, cycle that have done these just unimaginable, unthinkable things, that could be you. That, evil, absolutely. That could be you. That could be me. Except for the grace of God. So... <clears throat> what a <clears throat> what a glory you know we have set before us here um, in the things that Paul is speaking to us at the end of this chapter but when you think of fellow laborers you think about those people that we've already mentioned like Aquila and Priscilla um, I mean top the list the person that we started with when we read our text Timothy think about Timothy I mean the the, the task that Paul gave Timothy sometimes you know, I want to know how that church over there is doing. Now, there's problems over there. You need to go, you know, um, you, you, and bring me back a report. Or you stay here and you strengthen and establish, you know, this new fledgling of a church that's just begun um, and strengthen it and, and get it settled. And, and then you come and catch up with me, you know, wherever. And they didn't have cell phones and they didn't have telegraphs. I mean, Timothy would have had to wait you know, where he was to hear word from Paul to find out where, you know, he might meet up with him. And I was listening to a preacher this week, and he said it, it hadn't been all that long ago that it would take six months for a letter to make it, you know, from a missionary, you know, to a church, you know, that it was maybe supporting that missionary and waiting to hear word back. What's happening? Are you still alive? Um, I was telling Lydia, you know, that, that um, you know, the Congo... Uh, one one uh, one writer said was a shortcut to heaven. I think I mentioned that to you recently, didn't I? Uh, that's a shortcut to heaven. You go there, you're not going to last long, you know. Um, but men walked away from fortunes to go and preach the gospel, you know, in those in those places. Um, but a constant companion, it seems, of of Paul. And think about who was Timothy's father? Was he a Jew? Anybody know? He was a Greek, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a Greek. And you, you find that in Acts uh, 16, verse 1. But, but so Timothy's father was a Greek, and his mother was a Jew. Now, why do I make that point? 
Because apart from the grace of God, Paul wouldn't have had anything to do with him. Right? He was mixed. He was like, you know, those of Samaria, you know. Um, I can't, I'd be unclean if I were to touch him, you know, uh, or, or entertain him or have him in my house or go into his house. Um, but um, what a glory, the gospel of God's grace. You know, by the grace of God, not, we don't have Paul referring to Timothy in that way. We have him referring to him in this way, as a beloved son in the faith. That's one way that he describes Timothy, a beloved son in the faith. And then he goes on to say, one that was faithful in the Lord. You know, that's how he describes Timothy. Here's an example of Timothy's co-laboring with Paul. First Thessalonians 3, verse number 1 says, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. How is he going to do that? How is he going to establish them and comfort them concerning their faith? What do we, what do we read in our text in Romans 16? Well, let's go back and look at it, and then we'll come back to 1 Thessalonians. Verse 25 says in Romans 16, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. So how is it we're going to be established? Through the preaching of the gospel, right? How is it that we're going to be strengthened? Through the preaching of the gospel, right? Um, So this is what Paul was going to do is sending Timothy to establish and comfort them concerning their faith was to preach the truth, you know, unto them. That no man, he says, should be moved by these afflictions for yourselves. Know that we were appointed thereunto. Um, you know, Paul went through some things, and the churches would hear about those things, and they'd be troubled over what was happening you know, in Paul's circumstances. Or Paul would hear about things that was happening in the church and be troubled over their circumstances. But he says, For verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation. What did Paul walk into a lot of places? You know. Great is Diana of the Ephesians. You know, all these gods were being worshipped in different places, and Paul's going in and preaching unto them the true and living God, and he was stoned, he was, he was beaten, he was imprisoned. You know, there's lots of things that happened unto him along the way. But he says, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass. And you know, for this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means... The tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. Now, that reflects back on what we said last week. Those who would come into the midst and cause division, right? Trouble. So, lest they would be tempted, and Paul says, our labor be in vain. But now when Timotheus came from you unto us, so Timothy's gone and Timothy's come back, and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that you have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distresses by your faith. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. I mean, you, you think about those different places that he went, and he preached, and there was a, a church that sprung up. Did he, did he, when he left there, did he care about that anymore? Absolutely. Didn't he talk about that? The care of the churches daily that came upon him. He says, we live if you stand fast in the Lord. 
Um, we live if we see that, that which has been begun, you know, which we saw begun in you continues. How is it going to continue, God's able? That begun a good work in you, right? To continue it until when? Until the day of Christ. He's able to keep you. Uh, there's some things that people go through that you begin to wonder. I mean, how about some of those people that are mentioned in, in Hebrews chapter 11? Would you put all those people there? There's some questionable people, you know, there. You know. What would you have thought of Lot if the Scripture didn't say righteous Lot and his, his being, you know, tormented from day to day by the filthy, you know, conversation of the wicked? How about Samson? You know, there's some people that are mentioned there that, that we... How about David? If we just had a snapshot of David's life when he had sinned with Bathsheba and sent Uriah the Hittite to his death, right? If we just had that, that little window into David's life, what we think about him. Um, but God's able to keep... We've seen, we've seen some people fall, stumble, but the Lord's picked them back up. You know, we, we saw Peter stumble, didn't we? Lord, I'll never deny you. Though everybody else denies you, I'll never deny you. Right? God didn't just kick Peter to the curb, did he? You failed me, I'm done with you. No, God's able to keep. I mean, the Lord told Peter ahead of time, didn't he? You're going to deny me. And when you recover, strengthen the brethren, because when you read the Scripture and the Gospel accounts, you see that they all said the same thing. Paul, you know, not Paul, but Peter was vocal about it, but they all said the same thing. And he told Peter, whenever you're recovered, who was going to recover him? Think about David, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. When you're recovered, Peter, because when he denied the Lord the third time, what, what was going on? He was within eyesight of the Lord. One of the gospel accounts, the Lord looked upon him. When Peter denied him the third time, he looked upon him. And Peter went out and did what? He wept bitterly. Yeah. When, when you're restored, go strengthen the brethren because they all said the same thing. They all said, I'm not going to deny you. It's like going around the round table. I'll not do it. I'll not do it. I'll not do it. I'll not do it. Yeah, you're right, Peter. We're with you. We're not going to do it. They all did it. You know, one, one of the, one of the, in, in Mark, you see one man who ran out of his clothes. And they, they grabbed a hold of him, I guess, in his garment, and he ran right out of his clothes and took off. You know, God's able to keep you. God's able to make you stand. That's what, that's what Paul's telling us here. So, <clears throat> let me go back for a minute to Timothy. There was one, one thing that, that I wanted to say about Timothy that Paul writes, another thing that he says in Philippians 2, verse 19. He says, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you. This is a different church. That I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. Listen, listen to how he describes Timothy here. For I have no man. I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Can, can you see Paul's heart 
towards all these churches. And, and as he's, he's wanting to know about the church at Philippi, and he says, there's only one person that I can, that I, that I can think of that I want. There, there are many that may have been saying, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. But he's like, this, this, is, this is a job for Timothy. This, this is the, Timothy needs to go to this, to this place. I know of no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. How, you know, think about people that you know. When they ask you how you're doing, are they genuinely concerned? Hmm? Or are they just seeking their own? You know, or they really want to know. You know, if they call you and say, "Brother, how you doing?" You know, and and you you begin to break your heart to them, and 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 they say, "Well, I, I need to go." You know, just like they gloss over everything you said. You know, you're, you're opening your heart up to this person, and there's it doesn't seem like they really are concerned. Um, they've got more important things to think about, more important things to do. Um, but how, how about those that are genuinely concerned for your estate, genuinely concerned for your welfare, genuinely concerned for your well-being? I mean, you, you know that they love you. You know that they care about you. You know that they're concerned about you. I mean, this was Timothy, you know, going to, this, to the church of Philippi. And in verse 22, he says, But you know the proof of him that as a son with the Father, he hath served me in the gospel. You see how he describes him there? As a son with the Father. Now, I know that may not be that way with all sons and all fathers. I, I know it's been that way in, in, in my circumstances. You know, I've, I've wanted to do, as a son with the Father, I've wanted to do, Cohen, I'm sure that's, that's you. You know, I've wanted to do that which, you know, my Father wanted me. If we needed to stay out there all night, I'm not saying I never complained. But I'd stick there, I'd stick there with him. You know, and, and I'd see my grandpa the same way. I'm like, this man's in his, you know, at one point, 70s. This man's now in his 80s, and he's just going and going and going and going. And, and I'm going to stick there beside him, stick there with him. You know, that's the kind of thing that he's describing here about Timothy as a son with a father. You know, he said, I have no one like-minded who will care for your estate. So how precious Timothy was, you know, unto Paul. Well, what difference does that make to us? It matters. It matters how we, how we deal with one another, interact with one another, you know, care for the estate of one another. Um, and you might say, well, you know, I, I, just, I don't know that I have anything to contribute. I just, I'm not sure what, what would I say to Brother Wiseman on his deathbed. It matters. Go. Just be there. You know, I, I know we can't do that anymore with Brother Wiseman, but... But, uh, you know, and I, I wish we could have done more, Donnie. I, I, wish, I, I wish we could have been there more for him um, than the little bit that we were. You know, I would, I would send scriptures to his daughter to read, you know, to him, you know, there in his last hours. I wish I could have been there reading those scriptures to him, you know, beside his bed, praying with him. You know, I, I, I know that those were his, 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 his natural children, you know, and they cared for him. And there may have even been some that cared for his soul. But what about to have a Timothy there by your bedside in, in those dark days? You know, in our final days. Or maybe just in something that are in between days. To have somebody like that that comes alongside you and shoulders the burden. 
Somebody that comes alongside you and prays with you and prays for you and, and, and calls to check on you. I've had those kind of people in my life. I hope you have too. I mean, they, they, they would call the hospital and they say, how are you doing today? You know, we're, 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 the whole church is praying for you. Um, you know, we're, is there anything that we can do for you at all? Um, you know, we're meeting you at the mercy seat. Uh, they, they, states away, people that were states away, you know, that we knew from Bible conferences. It matters. It matters. And, and these are some of those that God uses to strengthen you, that God uses to settle you. Um, you know, God's able to use them. Does he have to use them? No, they're just tools in his hand. He doesn't have to, but he does. <clears throat> and he calls us to that, doesn't he? He calls us to love one another and to comfort one another and be there for one another. Um, so very endearing terms that Paul uses, and it shows again the heart of compassion and commitment that Paul had towards the churches you know, that he ministered unto. Um, and even this one that he hadn't even seen yet. He hadn't even seen the saints at Rome yet. Um, so don't say, I'm weak. I, I couldn't contribute anything to that situation. God's able to make you stand. God's able to make you help them to stand. I've, I've told you before how, how Brother JT's brother Paul, there were times in my life where he, when he came and he just sat there beside me. That was a strength. There, there, there weren't, you know, there, I mean, my mom and dad and others were there as, you know, a lot. But there were times when, you know, and, and it was a time when they weren't there. And here was Brother Paul. He didn't know that. The Lord impressed upon him to be there, and there he came, and he sat beside me there in the waiting room, you know, while I waited. He waited with me. It matters, you know. Don't necessarily have to say anything. Just be there. Just be there. Just put your arm around them. Love them. You know, show them that you care. You know, the Lord's able to take that and do great things with it. You know, when I was I was trying to think of an example in Scripture, you know, that I could use to to put out there for you. I mean, if you're willing to be used, God will use you. You know, desire to be used. Pray the Lord would use you. You know, here's, here's this young man, David. And his father says, I want you to take this, this food to your brothers. They're on, they're on the, the battlefront. I want you to go down there and, and give this to them. Well, what happens when he gets there? You know, and, and they give him a hard time about it, but he gets there and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine to stand against the armies of the living God? You know, God used him. He went out there and slew that giant. Who knows what giants you may slay in people's lives. Giants of fear, giants of doubt, giants of, of, of trouble uh, that, they're, that, they're, that they're facing. And here you are being a comfort and a strength you know, unto them. God's able. God's able to make a stand. So... Paul says it's by the preaching. I'll go back to the other point I was making. Paul says it's by the preaching of the gospel that we're established. So let me ask you, does it matter if you're here on Sunday? It matters. We don't have Wednesday night services, but if we did, would it matter if you were there or not? Yes. Why does it matter? Why does it matter? 
I, I watched Epi last night eat a, in little bitty pieces. She devoured, you know, an, an entire banana, you know. Does that matter? That's, that strengthens, doesn't it? Naturally speaking, physically, the body, it, it, it requires food, doesn't it? Does it matter if you get up in the morning and you open your Bible? Does it matter if you get up in the morning and you pray? Does it, does it, does it matter if you, if, if you, you know, what you listen to throughout the day, if you have an opportunity, whether it be hymns or, or, or you're, you're, you're keeping your mind some verse of Scripture that you read that morning? Uh, does it matter? It matters. It matters. We, we, we need that sustenance. I mean, we're being told here plainly, you know, that, that this is how we're going to be established and strengthened and settled, right? I mean, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may what? Grow thereby, right? So if we're going to grow in grace, we're going to increase, you know, it's, it's going to be, this is, this is one of the means that God's going to use. I mean, when you go through those difficult times, aren't there scriptures that come to mind? When things are happening, you're like, how could this ever turn out for my good? That's what we're going to say naturally. You know, how could this be for my good? Well, go to Romans and I can say, because God said it, it's for my good. Because God said that he would use it. He would cause all things to work together for my good. Because God's able to make this. I'm not able. I can't make that thing turn out for good. But God's able to. He's able to make it turn out for good. And when we saw this in the beginning of our study in, um, in Romans chapter 1, and, and, and Brother JT's already mentioned it, um, you know, out, of, out of chapter 1, that um, it's the gospel, right? That's the power of God to them which, and he makes it a point to say it, them which believe. It's the gospel. That's, that's going to make the difference in our lives. It's the power of God. And we're talking about power here. When we say him who is able, you know, um, he has, that is of power to establish you. He's, he's the one, you know, that is able. We're, we're not the ones that are able to do that, but God's able to. And so that should strengthen you, shouldn't it? Shouldn't that strengthen you to, to in your faith yourself? Shouldn't that strengthen you in, in your and you're going and witnessing to other people, that should strengthen you to do those things. Because you could plainly say, I'm not able. But God is able to use you, isn't he? He's able to strengthen you. He's able to take whatever it is that you're saying and use it in somebody's life. God's able. God's able. I don't have my phone up here. If I could borrow somebody's. Um, I'm not sure exactly what's happening with... Here's the, here's the problem with technology. If I'd have brought a piece of paper up here, it wouldn't have failed me. <laughs> this is the first time this has done this to me before, but um, I've got to at least have the verses of Scripture that I've... Uh, there we go. That I sent out to you this morning. So, we just ended with Romans 1, 16 through 18, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to them which believe. And there's, there's the strengthening, right? So, the next passage of Scripture I had was 1 Thessalonians chapter number 3, 
in verse number 13. Somebody, somebody turn there and read that for me. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 3 and verse number 13. It's uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. What's, what's all this to the end of what? Yeah, what's all this for? What's the purpose? It's to the end that you may be established. Unblameable. Unblameable. I mean, think about the times that you've... I mean, be honest with me. And I'm not asking... I mean, if somebody wanted to give a testimony, that, that's fine. But, but be honest. Have there not been times in your, in your experience, in your salvation, that, that you've doubted that salvation? You know? Where are you going to go? Same place you went when you started? So not, not in me. You know, not in what I can do. It's what Christ has done. You know, so it's it's there's the gospel again to strengthen to settle, you know, us in those times of doubt when the devil comes by and says, "Look what you've done now." You know, how could you be a Christian and have done that? You know, I mean that sin's not even you know, uh, you don't see an example of any saints in Scripture that have done that. And the Lord's you know received them. Surely you've done it. You've stepped in it, and you're you're lost and undone. No. Where we go. We go to God's Word. I mean, He called us. You know, He, 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 he yeah, Peter, you know, he, we said already that Peter's, Peter sinned. You know, but God didn't cast him off. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I mean, there's places that we can go in Scripture and be strengthened, you know, during those times. And we can say, Lord, you know, I, I, I wondered, Lord, I, I strayed. But I'm, Lord, forgive me. I, you, you, you said we confess our sins, that you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us, right, from all unrighteousness. And that verse said to establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God. So by the gospel, you're established in holiness. That's what Christ has done. I mean, we, J.T. said it this morning. Brother said, he, he said that he became sin... For us who knew no sin, that we might become what? The righteousness of God in Him. The righteousness of God in Him. So, by the gospel we're established in holiness. He said of Timothy, our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning the faith. Paul sent Timothy to these places to do that. He sent others to those places to do that. He, he left others in those places. At one point, he leaves Aquila and Priscilla, you know, to do that. Paul's hope was not in what he had done, but what God alone was able to do. That's my hope as I stand before you week after week. Uh, my desire is that Christ be formed in you. How's that going to happen? God's going to do that. That's, that's the work of the Spirit, isn't it, uh, within us. So that is our great hope even, you know, we think about our children. 
you know, and, and their salvation. That's our great hope. God's able to establish them, strengthen them. Uh, uh, my kids right now, mostly my oldest, she's got a greenhouse and she's trying, she's seeking to establish some plants from seed before it gets really hot, you know, in the summertime and get those things into the ground where they're well watered in the spring and they get established, right? God's the one establishing you. There's storms coming. God's the one who's establishing you and strengthening you and settling you. And it's from these things that we're going through, you know, in God's Word. We see, you know, in Scripture, you know, that that's being used in our lives to strengthen. You know, it's not just me speaking, but the Lord's speaking to you. And the Lord's settling that in your heart. And the Lord's establishing that in your thoughts to where when that storm comes, you have that, you have a place to stand. You know, standing, right? A standing upon the Word of God. We're standing on the promises. We sing that hymn, don't we? That's what the hymn writer's talking about. Standing on the promises of God that He's made known unto us. So it's not like we've heard the gospel before. I don't need to hear that again. No, we need the gospel. Tell, tell, it, tell it again to me. Tell me the old, old story, right? Sing it over again to me. Wonderful words of life, right? Sing it o'er and o'er again. Christ receiveth sinful men. Make the message clear and plain. So there is comfort for us in these things. There is the power of God in them. Otherwise, they would just be monotonous. I mean, people, have people gone, you know, think about Kids go to church when they get to be adults. Used to, because it was the right thing to do. It was what mom would want me to do. Those are wrong reasons, you know. Those could be, you know, complimentary reasons, you know. But I, I, I want to go because I want to hear the gospel. I want to hear the truth being proclaimed unto me that I might take comfort in these things that I might grow by these things, that the Spirit might take these things of Christ and apply them unto my life, strengthening, settling, and establishing my heart in them, revealing unto my heart the glories of Christ, uh, revealing these things unto me. And we, we know what that's like. We've heard things before. We've been through scriptures before. We've read through that passage before, and the Lord gives fresh light, fresh light there. You know, and, and it and strengthens us in that. I mean, we knew that verse of Scripture it was there. It was but maybe the pastor or the preacher is speaking on that at a conference or somewhere, and all of a sudden the Lord just makes it alive unto us, and it strengthens us, and it settles us, and it comforts us, and it's a help unto us. Well, the preacher didn't do that. The Lord sent the preacher, but God did that by His Spirit in you. So, so it is with these things. God establishes us in the gospel, comforting, strengthening us, and keeping us. Peter says the same thing in 1 Peter 5. He says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? We can come before the throne of grace to obtain you know, help in time of need, right? 
He careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. These things that we've learned, these things that we've heard. Resist the devil, and he'll what? Flee from you, right? So, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ, or by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, strengthen, settle you, establish you, strengthen, settle you. Through the things that we go through. Have you been strengthened through trials that you've gone through? The Lord sent you through some stuff and you came through it, you know, stronger. You came th- it was the better for it. God used it to your good by his grace and his providence. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. It's not without notice in that strengthening and settling that the devil's mentioned being a roaring lion, roaming about seeking whom may devour, and humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. You know, what do you do when a trial comes? You kick, complain, uh, or do you humble yourselves under it and say, Lord, I don't know why exactly this has come, but I know there's a purpose in it, there's a reason for it, and I'm going to be better having gone through it. So, Lord, show me. Show me whatever it is that I need to learn. Help me to be, you know, going through this, help me to be a, a, a testimony, and a lot, you know, unto others. You know, uh, help others who are outside of Christ see Christ in me through these things. Um, so, trusting the Lord, waiting patiently upon Him as He strengthens us, as He comforts us, as He settles us in these things. So, Paul's saying to the saints at Rome, God is able to keep you. God's able to keep you. Where were they? They were in the imperial city. Where were they? They were in a place where Christians were kicked out. They were in a place where Christians were set on fire. They were in a place where Christians were thrown in the lions. You know, um, God is able to keep you. God's able to strengthen you. I mean, you may be in prison today and tomorrow, you know, know that when dawn comes, they're going to come and unlock this door and they're going to take me to the Colosseum and they're going to throw me to the lions. God's able to keep you, strengthen you, settle you, comfort you, grant you peace. You know, cast all your cares upon him. You know, he's able to keep you. He's able to comfort you. He's able to strengthen you. Um, he's able to establish you. Thinking about those plants that, that Rebecca's been growing in the greenhouse and uh, Ricky's been doing the same thing. But, but think about the man in Psalm 1. We're thinking about Psalms, right? We're thinking about going to the Psalms. When Psalm 1, it says... He shall be, this is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delights in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. What do we be doing? We're to be meditating in the things of God day and night, day and night. This man, verse number three says, shall be like a tree planted by the river, by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. It's God who is what? Working in you to do what? To will and to do of his good pleasure, right? He's able. What a fitting conclusion to all that Paul has said. 
Um, you know, apart from God's grace, talking about these mysteries and things that Paul mentions here, apart from his grace, we wouldn't know any of these things. We wouldn't care to know these things. But yet here we are. Consider where there are churches. We already mentioned Rome and the imperial city. Think about Corinth and the corrupt streets of Corinth. Think about the ungodliness and the wickedness that was going on in Corinth. Uh, well, what kind of things? Well, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Here's some of the things that were happening. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. That's the streets of Corinth. You know, that was the atmosphere in Corinth. Teresa and I went down to Houston one day this week, and we were passing by one of these big mega things, you know, in the church sign out there. The first thing that mentioned under the name was atmosphere. Atmosphere. You can be sure they're creating the atmosphere, you know. They're generating, you know, the atmosphere. Um, they're getting people pumped up and, you know, it's the same sort of thing. I finally get to use Epi in an illustration. It's the same sort of thing. They'll, they'll play the little nursery rhymes and you know, she'll sit there and, you know, and some of these churches, that's what they're doing. They're creating an atmosphere, you know. People leave and they say, well, wasn't that, wasn't that great? We, we, we didn't, that was a great experience, wasn't it? You know, um, well... Was there any worship there, really? You know, was, uh, you know, were they worshiping in the truth? You know, let me, let me ask you, the hymns that we sang this morning, I'll put it on us. You know, were you worshiping in those things? Or were you just singing along with a little bouncing ball? Like, you remember that, Donnie? You know, you know the little cartoons we used to watch, and there was a little bouncing ball, and there was all the words at the bottom, and you just sang along, you know. You know, were we just singing Or were we singing and making what? Melody in our hearts, what? Unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. While Brother JT was preaching this morning, where were you? Were your thoughts drifting off? Or were you listening to those things that were being said and saying, you know, maybe you were saying, Lord, make that so in my life. Or maybe as he was preaching, you were saying, Lord, help him. Lord, help him to preach. You know, Lord, strengthen him. Now, during the week, were you praying, saying, Lord, settle him upon, a, upon the text that he's going to be able to, to, to preach this week. Uh, Lord, settle our hearts and minds as we listen you know, unto those things. Lord, speak unto me. Your servant, what? Heareth, right? Samuel? Speak, Lord, your servant heareth. Such were some of you, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Yes, I read that before. I know. I'm reading it again on purpose. Satan may try to trip you up. I mean, he's out there, isn't he? He's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But God says, I'll uphold you. I'll uphold you. Unbelief may say, 
there's no hope for me. One day I'm just going to, you're not going to see me in heaven. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to, I won't be there when you get there. I'll be in hell. I mean, we could get that low, couldn't we? I've been in those places before in my own life. And it followed upon the heels of some sin, you know, that I began to question my salvation. I began to question things. And the the devil was glad to come in there and point the finger and say, look what you've done, look what you've done, look what you've done. You're lost, you're without hope, you know. But then the Lord comes along and says, you're mine. I've, I've purchased you with my own blood. Yes, you have sinned. But what about David when Nathan came and said, you're the man, right? What did he come behind that and say? The Lord's forgiven you, right? So God says, I will uphold you. Now, that doesn't give us license to sin, does it? That's not what we want to do. You know, we don't want to sin that grace may abound. Paul said, God forbid. But if we stumble and fall, we're not cast away. Psalm 84, 7 says that we go from strength to strength, and that strength comes from him. That strength comes from him. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 116. He says, uphold me. And this, this is God's able to keep you, right? Uphold me according to, unto thy word. Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live and let me know, or let me not, rather. Spell correction. I must have typed something, and it changed not into no, but let me not be ashamed of my hope. Where's your hope? The Lord says, you believed upon me? You, you cast your all upon me for your salvation? You're not going to be ashamed. And the day when you stand before God in judgment, you're not going to be ashamed. So here's, here's a prayer for us to pray. Oh, Father, I am weak, but thou art strong. Give me your strength so that I may serve you and walk with you all the days of my life on this earth. As I was looking for something to send to Lydia for her birthday, that was actually a birthday prayer. Somebody prayed. Oh, Father, I am weak, but thou art strong. Give me your strength that I may serve you and walk with you all the days of my life on this earth. It was like that must have been a prayer for him every birthday. Here's, here's a, another year, Lord. Help me all the days of my life. I mean, this is a marker. You know, I've, re- I've reached another marker. Be with me. Continue with me all the days of my life. You've already thought about this verse of Scripture because I've kind of alluded to it, but Philippians 1.16 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you. I mean, if you know the Lord's done something in your life, I mean, he's, he's, he's done a miracle in your life. You know that. He's going to continue that. If it's real, he's going to continue that. He's going to continue that and will continue to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So be settled. Fix your hope upon him. God's able to keep you. God's able to establish you. Acts twenty thirty two says, Now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. What? The word of his grace. We've already said that, haven't we? It's able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. You remember our study in Jude? I don't know how many of you were here during our study in Jude. Verse 24 says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. 
falling away. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. You know, put Judas on one side and put Peter on the other. This one was kept. This one went out and hung himself. Right? This one had hope. This one had none. This one over here that had none had heard a lot. He heard the Lord preach the gospel. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. How about Hebrews 7.25 that says he's able to keep you. How much? To the uttermost. It doesn't get any... It doesn't go beyond that. That's to the, he's able to keep you to the uttermost. Able to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. And then Second Thessalonians 3, 3 says, The Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Aren't we instructed to pray that way? Deliver us from evil. Deliver us. So, kept by the power of God, what a blessed condition you are in. That, that greenhouse that Rebecca has, it, it, it has a little thing in there that during the wintertime it turns the heat on, keeps it at a constant temperature. You know, conditions being ripe and you know, the sunlight comes through during the day and everything is just right for that seed to be able to grow and to be established. God's in control of all of those things in your life. And he's working all of those things together for good. And it's all to establish you. It's all to keep you. It's all to strengthen you. It's all to settle you. It's all to comfort you. Um, He's doing all these things that we can't see, we don't even know. He's doing what a blessed condition you are in. Those plants in the greenhouse, as long as everything, you know, is done that's supposed to be done, are in a blessed condition compared to the ones that may be outside of the greenhouse. Um, You know, you got if you've planted some stuff already and it's out there and you know we got some really cold weather coming you know it looks like what if it got down in the 30s well you have to cover that stuff up you know and it might make it might not but if you didn't cover it up you know for surely it it, it, it gets struck you know with frost and it might wither up and die but what a blessed condition you are in child of God God causing all things to work together for your good well, I'll say this. If this is my last message in, in Romans, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say what Spurgeon said about the Psalms, because I've been reading some stuff about Psalms already. Heath said this about after 150 Psalms, you know, um, you know, going through and, and, and all, I think it was like, what, seven volumes? Is that what we saw yesterday? Uh, over two million words, you know. Um, he said this, that I have nothing that I have nothing better to offer upon this peerless book is to me a matter of deepest regret. So I'll, at the end of 16 chapters, I will say that to you, that I have had nothing better to give you than what I gave you is of deepest regret. <laughs> um, that I have anything whatsoever to present, to give you it all, in other words, he says, is a subject for devout gratitude for the grace of God. You know, there was anything that I had to give unto you. He says, I've done my best, but I'm conscious of my many defects. I heartily wish I could have done better. I'll say the same to you. 
I wish I could have done better. Might be able to go through it again and do better the second time around. I don't know. But that would be probably another five or six years. So I've already been there, you know. But I wish I could have done better. But here we are, you know, the end of our study in the, in the book of Romans. And uh, we may start next week or maybe two weeks from now, the Lord leading uh, in the book of Psalms. So continue in prayer as we approach that next study. Thankful for the time that we've been able to. If we're, if we're finished with Romans, I'm thankful for the time we've been able to spend in it uh, together. So uh, it's, been a, it's been a good study. Um, the Lord has no doubt strengthened us through our study in Romans. The Lord has no doubt settled us through our study in Romans. The Lord has no doubt comforted us through our study in Romans. Um, and we look to the Lord to do the same in our study in the book of Psalms. So 